0: As cases and sadly deaths in long term care homes continue to grow, the conversation around conditions do as well. Lawsuits are now arising from the families of those that have been affected that alleged negligence on behalf of the facility and the government. And it's not only residents at the homes that are being impacted by the spread of the virus. The GTA just saw its third death of a long term care worker from COVID 19. Advocates now speaking out, representing the workers inside these homes and the dangers that they face every day when they go into work. Savant Tamarkin is a partner with Sanfuro Tamarkin. He's an injury lawyer and joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto to discuss further. Savan, good afternoon. Appreciate you coming on.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Good to be with you.
0: First off, uh, much like those that are on the front line and in the hospitals, uh, these workers in long-term care homes are facing some pretty extraordinary challenges these days. Is there a standard to judge when a workplace like this would or could be deemed unsafe?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, we we do have standards, certainly there are regulations uh, from the government and direction. The problem is that this is so unprecedented uh... that things are being done in real time and the government is trying to step in and there's going to be a question as to whether or not they've stepped in at the right times whether or not they've enforced uh... various regulations out there but you know when i speak with family members who have loved ones who have either passed away or or are in those homes right now that that are infected you know, their concern is, you know, is there enough sanitation going on? You know, do we have the appropriate, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 the appropriate equipment, the, you know, the appropriate gear? Do we have enough training, etc.? enough people? And, and, and so, the, you know, the, 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 there is a concern that whatever standards in normal circumstances perhaps might be sufficient now are clearly deficient. Uh, so, so they don't know, and and one of the problems are that that you know this is happening in virtually every long, long-term care home that that you know we hear about now. Uh, so, so you know it's a big, big issue, and the government is trying to step in to, to 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 remedy the situation.
0: Yeah, and I think the point you just made is a salient one, which is we truly are in uncharted waters when it comes to a COVID, both for safety in the workplace and, of course, the safety of the residents and the patients there. And as far as the family members are concerned and those that are looking at suing perhaps the facility or the government for negligence, is it going to be tough to prove negligence because we've been in those uncharted waters? And as you say, you know, what were proper sanitation levels at the time might necessarily not be today with what we know?
1: Possibly so. Possibly so. because. You know, when, when you sue for negligence, you have to demonstrate that there was, in fact, negligence. That's number one. And number two, that that negligence caused the harm. In other words, there could be an argument here that even if everything, all protocols were followed, you know, because of this pandemic, because of this unprecedented situation, people would still have lost their lives or gotten infected and, and harm would have suffered. So, you know, you have several hoops to jump through for families. But, you know, there's also an issue here as to, not necessarily with respect to the workers. I mean, the workers are on the front lines, but with respect to the administration. You know, are the administrations in these homes following the proper guidelines from the health authorities? And that might be a bit easier to to figure out if they're doing that or not, or if they've done that, speaking in past tense, because no one's doing this now. This is going to have to be an exercise that is down down the road. Uh, but you know, the question is, did they do what they needed to do to be prepared as the outbreak was, was coming to the forefront, as the regulations were being rolled out, as the government was saying you have to do this? Did the administration respond in a timely manner? I think that is going to be easier uh, to, to judge and, and to gauge down the road. But again, you're still dealing with, well, okay, if they had done that, would you still have had that loss of life? Would you have still had that infection rate?
0: Right. And is it going to be easier to judge down the road? I mean, in hindsight, the saying is, of course, as of on is 2020. Yep. Having said that, though, we also have to realize that, the, you know, these administrators and other officials, they were making decisions in the moment with, you would think, uh, the knowledge that was on, on hand at the time.
1: You're right. You're right. I, I agree with you, which is why it's very difficult to assess what is going to happen down the road. Uh, you know, I think if, if these cases, and I think some of them will end up in court uh, it, it's going to be a factual determination. It's going to be on a case by case basis. Y- they won't be able to just take a paintbrush and paint everything and everyone, w- you know, with the same color. Uh, you're going to have to look at uh, circumstances, and and y- y- you're going to have cases. I think where, uh, you know, y- you're going to have some evidence come out that say, you know, clearly there was negligence there, and but for that, this person would not have suffered. We're going to have other cases where. They're going to say, listen, at the time, we were reacting. I mean, you know, these administrators, as you say, are also trying to figure out how to not, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) make things even worse, right? They're they're reacting in the moment. So I I do think it's going to be a factual determination. It's going to be on a case-by-case basis. And it's very, very difficult to predict where these lawsuits are going to end.
0: Joined by lawyer Savan Tumarkin. Also making news today is that meatpacking plant in Alberta, which is set to reopen despite half of the 2,000 employees testing COVID positive in the last few weeks. Now, the union, they've got some concerns, but can the company, can they force employees back on the job? I mean, is it good enough just because the employer says it's safe uh, that employees should take their word for it and should they – have to show up to work if they don't feel uh, ready or safe?
1: I, I, I don't see how they can force them, especially if health authorities are saying that there is a risk, and especially since we can see so many employees are being affected, particularly at that particular plant. You know, that there was a question that was raised as to whether or not uh, it, these employees have legal recourse against a company, against the government, against whoever, you know, the authorities are there telling them to go in. You know, and the reality is here in Ontario, for example, you have workers' compensation. And if you are uh, infected, if you are sick, or you become injured uh, while working, then you should be able to access workers' compensation. And different provinces and territories have uh, uh, similar types of systems. But, you know, the question as to whether or not you can force someone, clearly you can't force someone, right? Nobody's going to come to your home and and put a gun to your head. But the question is, ought they, uh, you know, pressure these employees to go in? My personal opinion, no, they should not. Legally, again, I think it's going to get tested in the courts.
0: Okay, whether it's this meatpacking plant, Savannah, or it's long-term care workers, can somebody be fired for not reporting to work because they don't feel as if the workplace is safe?
1: I think uh you know generally speaking, here right now in ontario uh, if 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 in fact uh, you are told to go to work uh, you have to go to work that said. Can you be fired for it and what the repercussions are if you are fired for it? I think, again, that's going to get tested because there's going to be a question here as to whether or not you're supposed to be, uh, you know, it, it, putting people's lives in danger. Uh, but, but from a legal standpoint, my understanding is, and, you know, my partner, Lior, is the one to answer this question. My understanding is that uh, uh, if, if uh, there's no business closure for your particular business and you're asked to report to work, you do need to go back to, you know, you do need to go to work. Otherwise, you can't face a termination.
0: Yeah. Whether it's the labor side or the personal injury side, and whether or not it's this meatpacking plant or long-term care facilities, is this something that the legal profession, they're watching both of these situations with a lot of interest?
1: A lot of interest. I think that's that's an understatement. I think you're going to see class actions. You're already seeing them. Uh, starting to pop up uh, and, and you know the reality is that a lot of people are feeling discombobulated by the whole situation and, and frankly I'll be honest with you lawyers do too this is unprecedented no one knows how the courts are going to treat these situation that's why I'm saying that it's going to be I think a factual analysis they're going to have legal principles you know employment law you're going to have injury law disability law all those uh, principles of law are going to factor in but ultimately it's going to be a case-by-case analysis to figure out what individuals' rights are versus societies and versus employers, etc. It's, it's going to be, and this is going to play out for years to come. This is not going to resolve when this pandemic is over.
0: For sure, and it goes without saying, I think there's going to be a lot of people watching this situation as it develops with a great deal of interest. Savon, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much.
1: My pleasure.